Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Ryan. And my name is Heather. And this is the Confidence Through Cabaret podcast. And today we are super excited because we get to work with a wonderful, amazing coach, specialist in hypnotherapy and NLP, the wonderful Nazma Khatun. Hi Nazma, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? How, I'm good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. I'm very excited to be here. I'm actually, I've been looking forward to it, so I'm, I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and we are really, uh, sort of, we are really kind of all a flutter because uh, we're super into and um, really interested in the sort of the processes behind NLP. And for if anybody who doesn't know quite what NLP might mean, could you give us a little descri- uh, description of that? Absolutely. NLP is basically, it's short for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So <clears throat> Neuro is the mind. Uh, linguistic is the language, the behavior, the way we, we act. And the program is, in, is obviously is the, the way your mind and the language together, how you program as a person. So um, obviously I can go on about it, but Neuro Linguistic Programming is more of uh, like a, a method from where you tools that you can use to improve yourself and become the best version of yourself in a very nutshell sure sure and how does that um how does that work for you how does that um how do you use nlp in your um in your sort of uh, coaching style sure so nlp and hypnotherapy is a couple of the tools uh, that i use in my coaching um uh, with my coaching clients and myself um, there's also I use other stuff like law of attraction and um, I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, Dr. Do- Joe Dispenza but he's one of the yeah. neuroscientists he's very big so I use a couple of his tools as well. so combine all of that together I practice mm-hmm. it on my and then you've also got the EFT which is the um, tapping I don't know if you've ever ah. done tapping <clears throat> so it's a combination of all of that together um, and how I use it is it really depends on individuals so, you know, what they come up with. So if there is a person who's struggling with mindset um, issues um, and mindset could be really anything, could be personal life, a business life. Um, so my speciality is helping mums mainly because um, I went through depression and anxiety, which I wasn't aware until I, I had my, my, my daughter was three, my firstborn was three years old. And at the time I started my business, <clears throat> my first business and um i had had come across a mentor a mindset NLP practitioner who helped me to uh increase my sales in my business but at the same time it really had a huge impact on my personal life and that's when i discovered that i needed some work in terms of mental health issues um, and it was then I was like, wow, I mean, just imagine how many mums like me or women, even other people that I work with. Um, I also coach youth, so I'm youth coach as well. So I was just amazed by what I had discovered in myself. And I thought there are so many people I'm sure like me. And I just got this um, um, urge to do something about it. So I got certified in those areas. So I got certified in NLP, hypnotherapy, youth coaching, as well as business. And then I started my journey from 2016 doing so. So <clears throat> how I apply those tools, it really depends on individuals. So a lot of people go through adversities through their childhood through to where they are now um, and are unaware 
uh, what's hidden in the subconscious mind. So NLP tool and hypnotherapy, especially those are the main ones that I use, is to uncover those belief systems that's been hiding in the subconscious mind that's not serving them to do what they want to do in life. And so many of us um, don't realize that we're stuck until we come to a certain age. Um, and then we realize we're not happy, we are not fulfilled, we're not living the life that we want. And it's actually those adversities, those belief systems in the subconscious mind has been holding us for such a long time. Mm. We, we, you know, start to explore them. So, it, it, you know, there's so many different ways of discovering those things. So there's different tools within NLP, different tools with hypnotherapy. And then, of course, the additional ones are EFT and law of attraction and all the other stuff. So just for listeners, what is EFT? Uh, emotional tapping, sorry, freedom tapping um, thing. So you have basically say affirmations and you tap into your different um, point of um, uh, meridian points and then you um, <clears throat> try and heal through that. It's really, really relaxing. It's almost like a meditation. Yeah, and it's, I, I've, I've only um, briefly experienced um, the EFT um, therapy but I think uh, it, it is it is very freeing in our body and, and yeah. it's amazing to me how much we hold in our body so I think most people wouldn't be surprised when you think about neurolinguistic programming so thinking about how how our brains you know use language and program and and respond but it I think a lot of times people don't realize quite how much is physically held in our body yeah. so for me tapping yeah. is just such a such a fascinating area um, yeah. just sort of releasing things out of your body absolutely and I think when you when you do it I remember first time I was doing it I was like that feels so silly why am I doing this but only like after five minutes later I was like that was good I want another one it was it's so powerful and you become addicted to it and it's like as soon as you know something's bothering you emotionally mentally you just I straight away just go and sometimes you can't do it if you're in a, in a public place so you can just use your hand and just you know tap away just one point and that's that's good enough yeah yeah so do you use tapping with with young people um I've used it with few but I think with young people it's really hard sometimes they they don't understand it and it's could be too much but then there are some kids who are more open so it depends individuals to individuals I assess the personality of that child um, and then I will try but it's with kids it's more of you know I'm sure you've seen um, with NLP because I know you've got knowledge of NLP Heather so <clears throat> with children um, I've seen a lot of tools that storytelling tools from NLP works for um kids so i'd give a scenario and i'll let, let them act it out and then you kind of take in those things that might be bothering them and what i can work on then if i see there is a need of eft then i'll link it in so it really depends on the actual um child but majority of the time is mums and then the mums that would say okay i think your work i would love my daughter or my son to experience and then that's how i how I would work with them. And it makes a huge difference because sometimes children understand where their mom might be coming from, especially if it's a child 10 and above and they see their mom's going through certain emotional um, challenges. And when they see that they're working on themselves, they also want to be worked on as well. Mm. I was just thinking, you know, my children are grown now, but I was just thinking, actually, that's quite a 
quite a, a nice self-soothe to be tapping, even if you're just tapping on the... Yeah, yeah, toilet. and my daughter doesn't even realize it. Sometimes she's doing it. My daughter, she's 10, and she's been doing it for a while. She's not even tapping sometimes. She's just doing moving her lips, and she's mm. saying stuff, like affirmation, mm. and she'll just tap her fingers like that. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. literally just doing that on my on my lap, just yeah. sort of going, yeah. And, and, and I was thinking, actually, that's quite a, that's quite a cool thing for, uh -huh. for young people, particularly um, in, in their teenager and their, you know, the, the puberty and hormones and all of those kind of things. Yeah. So that's why I was asking that question, because I think, I think young people, a lot of times don't have the, the tools yeah. that, that we can access more readily as adults. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. so how do you decide which tools to use so mm. uh, so you're working with me and we start talking about what it is that I want I'm gonna guess uh, and then how do you decide whether I need uh, to use hypnotherapy NLP EFT uh, talking uh, what how, how do you decide on which tools to use um, <clears throat> so obviously we'll go through a series of questions where are you so how are you feeling what's your what's your how do you feel emotionally what is the area that you want to work on mm. and then you want to dis discuss about sometimes people mom, you know moms would say I'm not sure but I just know I'm not feeling um, emotionally stable I feel sad I feel depressed and all that stuff so then we'll go back to what it is that they when do they feel at what time during the day um, and break it down in terms of um, when they don't have a great feeling how do, does that feel and where in the body is it feeling? Is it in the, in the certain area of the part of their body? <clears throat> what does that feel like? Um, and more than often, you know, it's hard for, for some people to explore where the feeling is in their body. Mm -hmm. So then that would be taken off to, okay, where does it come from? Let's talk about your childhood, for example. How was your childhood like? So if somebody's talking about their childhood and I see an, an impact from there, then we will go to use an NLP tool called Timeline, mm -hmm. which we will close our eyes and we'll visualize the moment of where they were and what the experience was and they will describe. And it's more than often they get emotional and then you have to obviously ask them to detach themselves from that situation because it could de really deteriorate. It's almost because your mind doesn't know what's real and what's not. So when you're reliving that moment, you're actually reliving that experience and that's not really good for the body so or the mind. So I will you know, instruct them to come out of that situation and then all, once they're ready again, then I'll ask them to go back to that situation and then I'll ask them to watch the situation from far distance rather than being in the situation because that's what helps them to not get very emotional <clears throat> and then obviously um, it can take a couple of minutes it can take 10 minutes to go through the process and sometimes in that timeline therapy we can also discover other parts of that um, childhood so it could be three different experiences that they've gone through it so once they come out of that, um, um, sorry, once we've used that tool and I've discovered a couple more um, hints on what it is that they're struggling, perhaps it's a person that they want to um, talk to and understand why they did what they did, then we will use another uh, tool called perceptual position whereby they will pretend to be the other person and how the other person felt when they were treating them. And it's really interesting because when you 
pretend to be the other person who wasn't nice to you and how they characterize that person without really being that person if that makes sense and then they they come back and they say oh now I understand why they did that to me um so then the other tool would be straight away I'd get them to journal and I'd say write down what if you want to forgive them or if you feel like it's time to let go and then they'll write it down so I call it the forgiving letter that's not part of NLP but something that I've just used uh created through the time and it really helps because when they write that letter they feel like they can go back to it because when we are dealing with a certain situation to overcome using NLP tools, sometimes these emotions can come back again in the surface. And looking back at that forgiving letter makes a huge difference. So that's yeah. just one part of the example. So I can go on, on, on for hundreds of different ones. Um, but with businesses, it depends. I mean, <clears throat> businesses, sometimes people, people have, um, you know, uh, procrastinate with their goals or have imposter syndrome um, and feel like they're not doing or meeting the goals that they want to meet but what they struggle they don't really know what they're struggling with so on those then we look at there's um, um, sorry uh, we look at the inner dialogues so when we look at the inner dialogues what they're saying to themselves and then we um, I ex I'm, I'm not sure what is it called um, interrupt sorry um my baby brain is really not helping me now. Pattern pattern interrupt. Sorry, so pattern <laughs> interrupt. So there's a tool called pattern interrupt. So basically, we we go through uh, thoughts, uh, twelve to sixty thousand thoughts per day. Okay, um, and in those thoughts, you know, those we don't even understand some of the times that some of the thoughts that go through the subconscious mind, we are not even aware of it. So using hypnotherapy tool uh, which is uh, sometimes I do the meditation uh, <clears throat> and ask them to affirm during those meditation so obviously you have to put them into the hypnosis status so first two minutes will relax them and get, get them to breathe count for four then <clears throat> so count to two, four to inhale count to four to exhale so two minutes of that and then once they feel relaxed then I'll explain how it is to get more into the theta uh, brainwave which is when we can access our subconscious mind so I won't go into the brainwaves that's just another, another lecture in itself um, <clears throat> so when they're in that state then I will give them um, affirmation that will help them so I am confident I believe in myself I am worthy yes my childhood may have been certain way so looking at what we discovered in the timeline therapy I'll take some of those information and then I'll revert that to a positive affirmation. Um, so yeah, that's just uh, in a very nutshell of a, a very basic, but some are very complex because you have mums who's gone through abuse, sexual, physical, mental, and that's that's a long process. Yeah. That's a long process. It sounds like incredible work though. I mean, really densely layered and packed. I, mean, I really appreciate you kind of taking us through the the, the ins and outs of it in lots of ways as well. It's because it's, it's so much, um, there was a lot of, of power behind this this work. Um, what was it that what was it that led you into into NLP? What made you go, this is the thing, this is the tool? 
So um, in 2013, I left work because I was being bullied um, and I got bullied. This, that was my third time getting bullied by my boss. So I was working as an executive assistant at the time. Um, I worked for seven years in the corporate sector. Um, during my time, I just felt like I was always trying to be someone to fit in. Um, and that was like the third time being bullied by a third boss in a third uh, company, different company. And it was that time I was like, you know what, I've had enough of trying. Um, I can't do this anymore. This is not meant to be for me. And not knowing what I wanted to do, I came across uh, network marketing through Facebook. I didn't know what network marketing was, but I started my first business in network marketing uh, back in 2014. So for a year I was out of work and I just didn't know what to do. I guess I was in that place where I normally say my you know, clients come to me and they're just not sure what they want in life. So I was in that place. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I was just blaming everything. I was like, why doesn't anything work for me? <clears throat> and when we're not aware of um, you know, the self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors, we land in that place. And some people are fortunate. And I feel like I was fortunate to land into network marketing and where I found my first mentor who was an NLP practitioner and a hypnotherapist. And he was helping me with my business to scale my business because it was doing great in the first few months and then it got stuck in the middle. Um, I wasn't getting enough income and my aim was to replace my full-time income. So um, when he introduced the NLP techniques and the hypnotherapy in my business work, I realized without uh, even notice, initially noticing, I realized things were happening at home that was transforming in a positive way. So obviously me leaving my job, my husband was great, he was supportive, but financially it was a big strain. So it, we were arguing at times, we were, we were not in a great place, both of us, as much as he could be understanding. He's an amazing guy, he's always supported what I've done. And, <clears throat> I remember just thinking like why is everything just falling apart it's just I've done everything like they say the society teaches us go and study go and find a degree do go and find a job I did all of that so why am I not getting anywhere so it's just just frustrating so when I was using NLP on in my business through that mentor it was really having a huge impact because some of the tools I was using on my personal life um, and this was me um, at, well, two, I was 20, sorry, 31 then. Um, and at, at the time I was like, if this is how powerful NLP is, I need, to, I need to look into using this more into my personal life. So I asked that mentor, I said, look, I'm having some issues in my personal life. Can we work on some of the stuff? And it just began from there. And that's when I realized I was going through depression. From the age of four, I was going through depression. I discovered in that in that therapy session, those therapy sessions, because my parents were divorced when I was four, and I was living with different family members, grand grandparents sometimes, sometimes with aunties and uncles. So I've collected so many different belief systems that wasn't serving me through my lifetime, and um, not knowing that I was going through all of that stuff, um, and suddenly knowing I am and I need to address it. I was just in a place of thinking, just imagine how many people like me are unaware. Um, I remember just before I discovered this, uh, I think maybe a year before that when I was still in the corporate and a friend of mine, um, my daughter's at my daughter's school, one of the mums, 
she said to me, um, you're very sensitive, do you know that? And I got so offended when she said that. She said, you're very sensitive. I think you might be going through depression. I was so offended. I came home and I said to my husband, this person I look up and I think she's so lovely and how could she do that to me so I was in denial but I discovered it eventually a year later so that questioned me I thought I was there I was that person who was in denial and now I accepted it just imagine how many mums I could help with my knowledge so it just began from there really so I went away and found a school where I could train myself and uh, long story short 2016 it all started out here that's incredible what a journey through um what a journey into this into this wonderful work and thank you very much for sharing your story as well uh really just amazing that it's it's been able to be something you channeled in that way and then and get clear on stuff and it's I think many people will um, will empathise with the idea of not being able to quite say what's happening or to get clear on what's yeah. happening until, you know, we can learn a lesson, but then we don't often learn that lesson, I think, until many, sometimes many years later. Um, yeah. So for, for your clients and the way in which, um, the way in which uh, you help them, uh, do you find that there's often... Um, uh, like a recurring theme where people have kind of gone I don't know what this is and this is the thing like something's going off what are the signs for people to to look for when they're when they're finding themselves sort of stuck in that space and they haven't quite figured out what the name of it is yet you know uh, <clears throat> the regular one is um well when I do um when I work with mums that are struggling with business I've, I've seen a lot of um the common one that comes is the money block because a lot of us want to go through a different phase so if we go to a, a an amount that we earn we want to go to the next phase and then the next phase and the next phase so it comes to time where the guilt comes in so that's the common one that I have seen in the last few months that I've been working with mums and recently I had a mum who wanted to um she was working offline. She's been working offline and she's made huge amount of money for her, com the comfort that she was looking for. She was happy with that. But because of lockdown, things have gone down. So she was looking for, um, obviously come to the <clears throat> online world and transit. Sorry, I've got something on my throat. <laughs> you are fine. You are not, there is no problem. I've been doing the same. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> Anyway, so um, she was she was saying, uh, you know, she was saying, look, I want, I'm comfortable. She was saying, she was affirming. I could hear her voice. She was affirming. I'm making enough money, but um, I want my business to go for somewhere else. But I have enough to go on holiday. My family's comfortable and everything is good. But I, I don't know why I can't go to the next level. I said, there it is. You're comfortable. You're just comfortable. And you've already told yourself you don't need enough money. I mean, so you don't, need, you don't need more money because you already have enough money. So there's your block. So let's go back and look at where is that coming from? So she grew up in a very comfortable um, upbringing. So her family were always um, well off and they had money always. And so <clears throat> her block was coming um, from her parents where they said, you know, we've made enough for you. When you grow up, you wouldn't need to work. That's, you should get married and then, when you have kids, you'll get a husband who also earns enough. So you don't need, you don't need to go out to make money because you have enough. So that's the belief system she had engraved. 
and time and time again that's the one that she comes to every time she wants to go back go up a bit in her business ladder she'd not realized that for a long time until we spoke so I said what if you didn't look at the money and instead you looked at the transformations you're creating in your business so just look at it like I'm transforming people's lives I want to extend that a bit more and the money will just come as a result so is this pattern so many of us go through in our business I have I still do and we it doesn't matter how much we we are working on the money mindset I think something that society it's not just parents and people we grew up with it's the society teaches us you know money is you know you're being greedy for money or money doesn't grow in the tree how often have you heard that as a child money doesn't go I know I speak to everybody and they always say the same thing money doesn't go in tree and I thought that's a very common thing so I think this is a very common one the money block is a very common one and I love the fact that things are changing now like as when I started in 2016 and how much people are embracing making money it's not a bad thing um and it's a common problem a lot of business owners give up because of that money because they feel they're not worthy enough to make the money because money is bad and taking money from people is a bad thing but what they don't realize is not it's the energy that we create is the relationship that we make with with the money because money is energy at the end of the day and the energy that we create if we if we already it's like imagine having a relationship and you keep telling your boyfriend or your husband or your girlfriend or your partner um I don't I like you but I'm not sure if we should be together do you know so it's the same thing it's like I like money but I don't want money in my life because it's a bad thing so why would money come to you why would your partner stay with you if you keep saying that so it's creation I think once we work on it and we understand that money is an exchange for something that you want you desire to have that's simple as that unless you have intention that is not serving you well you have a bad intention which is something obviously you then really need to work on isn't it interesting that it's such a you know we're all we're all told from a young age to aspire to 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 make money and to create wealth for ourselves and for our families and all that sort of stuff but then as you quite rightly say it's, it's always put into the same context of you should definitely aim to make money but if you make money you're a bad person yeah, <laughs> like, yeah absolutely no wonder people have yeah, that that mindset exactly and we we have a caption each job you do has a salary so you've already made okay if my job is worth 30k i shouldn't go more than that yeah if my job is you know 15k i shouldn't go more than that if i go more than that then i'm not worthy because i don't have the skills but you know we all have ability to earn whatever we want yeah we it's up to us to believe that we can work on the skill set and attain that abundance when we clear our subconscious mind just powerful stuff it's interesting um that that you compare money to a, a, an actual um physical relationship with somebody else <laughs> because we have we have relationships with so many things we have you know we, we have kind of some of us will accept love from a partner that is less than we really deep down believe but mm. but it's kind of well this is enough this is this is okay yeah. you know? My, my parents were, were, you know, stayed together because you're supposed to, not because they chose to or wanted to, or well, they did choose to, but they didn't want to, you know what I mean? So, so I think it's, a, sometimes it's a generational thing. And it's interesting with young people because they, 
their boundaries are very different but it's not different to how we work with food as well do you know what yeah. I mean the relationship with with things needs to come into question and I think money is one of those areas where there is so much shame associated we're not even really supposed to talk about it mm-hmm. yeah yeah huge stigma but I love I love it how much people are changing now it's like more and more people are embracing working on money mindset I'm so I get really happy when somebody comes and says I've got money block and I think at least you're aware of that Mm. no I wasn't aware I was I had money block four years ago when I was started doing my coaching business Mm. and you know the more and more we talk about it openly the more and more it will be easier for people to say yeah it's okay Mm. Uh, it's okay to wanting to earn money or make more money or have luxury in life because that's what we are here for to enjoy life to create a life and you know everything that is given to us by universe is to enjoy yeah and uh, yeah yeah absolutely it is um it's it's very strong in uh, i mean in lots of particular areas but i i notice it a lot with artists (laughs) <laughs> since we're confident we right yeah <laughs> i can talk Lovely. about that another day <laughs> this time on a very special confidence of cabaret podcast <laughs> isn't there about the struggling artist do you know what i mean we're yeah. it's almost like we didn't earn it if we're not struggling do you know yeah, yeah. It's not worth yeah. it if you're not in pain it's not worth it if you don't struggle it's not worth yeah. it if you don't blood sweat and tears it if yeah. you accept money in, in whatever your your artistry is then it's kind of you sold out yeah mm. I went to I went to, I was so I we have um I, w- I have an uncle who is the main dictator of what happens in our family um I'll, I'll try to be nice about it <laughs> uh yeah. but I remember when I was 16 because we whatever we decided in our family we would have to go and get approval from him not my dad but him yeah. um so I remember I really wanted to do art and I was passionate about it. So coming out of GCSE, I had a folder with all the work that I'd done and I got A star for everything I did. Yeah. And I said to him, I'm going to go to college and enroll for an art, art, um, um, art course. Mm. And he, he didn't even look at the work and he said, what are you going to earn from that? Who are you going to draw? Naked people. Uh, what, what, what career path do you have in this? How are you going to feed your family? And I was like, at the time, obviously, I didn't know those are bad things that he was saying and not encouraging mm. me. I thought, actually, he's right. What am I going to do with that? Yeah. So I changed my, my career then. Yeah. I changed it to totally something that did not even come to my thought process to do. I went to travel and tourism. And I, I yeah, the things just... But obviously, everything happens for a reason. I, I am pure believe in that everything happens for a reason I needed to go through that path to understand and be where I am today but just incredible how how much um, the society has this weird kind of conception about what artists Mm. can do and what the industry can provide you Mm. so yeah I just thought I'd put that in Oh no, thank you. I did, I did the opposite actually with my youngest son. He's a musician and uh, and he wanted to study something that he would be able to have a profession in mm. um, because money is, is a, a key driver for him. And yet I convinced him to take music. He might be, oh. he might be on a podcast in 10 years time going, yeah, so I could have made money, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
convinced me to do something else. <laughs> but the new I, generation. I could have been a banker. <laughs> I, I, I think I feel so strongly that we should follow our passion and see where it leads us. Yeah. It, might, yeah. it might lead him to a hobby. And then if if a business career is his thing, that'll happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But why rush it? Do you know what? Why yeah. get so involved in because we always ask people like, what do you do for a living? We always ask children, what do you want to be when mm-hmm. you grow up? And that question makes me so frustrated because right. What do you yeah. be? Why do I have to be something? Because I'm not a beast. I'm not, I haven't done that yet. And, I, and I'm a lot older mm. than this person. Do you know? Yeah. It's like, You're a child. How are you supposed to know what you want to be at a child's age? Yeah. I don't know what I want to be. That keeps yeah. changing. I mean, look what happened in 2020. Yeah. Many of us have changed to being something else. Yeah. There's yeah. a pressure. There's a huge pressure on children. And I see it all the time. And I've experienced it myself. I'm sure you've experienced it as well. My daughter, she's 10. And from the age of four to ten she's changed her what she wants to be like 110 times and every time she says something we're like yeah that's really good baby so you should you know you let let us know what we how we can support you so she wants to be a teacher one day then she wants to be an astronaut then she wants to be a magician so kids are not sure what they want they shouldn't have to have this pressure on you know at school they get this pressure you know they have this um I can't remember what it's called, but you know, you have a world book day, they have a world profession day or something like that. So you have to go as what you want to be. That is a huge pressure. Oh, yeah. God. Bizarre. Yeah. It was, but I I refused to play the game as a parent. Right. So I went like something really wild, like something that, you know, nobody would aspire to be. I can't remember what it was. but but it was just like I, I just so strongly disagree with that what do you mm. want to be thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's part of the NLP about that's part of our programming that we don't even yeah. realize was programming mm. and that is deeply ingrained. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> Nasma. Yeah. <laughs> so um Speaking of being, we would like it if you would imagine that you were going, taking to a stage. And remember the cabaret isn't any one thing. It's mm-hmm. it's your narrative, it's an expression, and it could be anything. It could be singing, it could be dancing, it could be acting, it could be poetry, it could be uh, just moving, it could be anything. I, I mean, I like I, literally anything. I'm just thinking about, about the act that Ryan and I both saw, which was Whale Calls. Um, oh. So it could be anything. So, but so imagine you're taking to a stage and your and your cabaret uh, performance is about to happen. What one prop would you like to have with you? It can be anything. What would you wings. like to have on stage with you? Wings, wings. Ooh, so when I was when I was, um, oh gosh, I don't remember. Maybe six, fifteen, sixteen. Um, I used to love this song called, I don't know if you know this lady singer, I'm sure you do, uh, Nelly Furtado. And she's, yes. she's got this song called, I'm like a bird. I love that song. <laughs> Gosh, yes. every time I felt like I'm stuck or I'm just not clear on where I'm going or I felt sad. 
that's the song I sung and I imagined myself I'm actually flying so I'd love to have a wing and just fly <laughs> oh I love that I love that and I love how fast you knew that it was like boom yeah. boom yeah. here it is there wasn't a uh, it's, we, no, I did not discuss this question beforehand I just yeah. want to say that yeah. <laughs> know yourself right um, Okay, and so what would your stage name be? Um, what would you call yourself? Jasmine. Jasmine. Oh. Love that. Gorgeous. I love, because my, my mom named me Jasmine. Um, so my mom obviously was forced to leave us when I was four. Yeah. But I don't know why I liked the, the name Jasmine, because mm. it just meant a bit more fun. Right. and more creative I don't know this uh, there was this this I don't know maybe because of the flower Jasmine yeah but I felt it was more creative more more fun more I don't know they had this other kind of fun side to it so I feel Jasmine is definitely my stage name right. um, oh I love that Jasmine the bird oh I love that <laughs> oh Jasmine the bird I love yeah. that it's immediately incorporated Jasmine the bird, welcome to the stage. Oh my god, I love that. Oh yes, we're at a parrot. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Bloody. Oh, okay. And one last question, which is which is a more um uh, grounded question. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the favorite lesson that you have ever learned? Your favorite one. It doesn't have to be profound or big. Or what's your favorite one? It's to be yourself, because you're the only person you can be. Honestly, I feel like I've been someone else all my life until recently, <clears throat> because <clears throat> we create layers of layers of layers to please the world, because that's what we we feel like we need to do when we come, you know, when we become an adult from a child. But when we're a child, we're this unique personality we can be and do whatever we like and we lose that as we grow older because of those experiences and I feel like only recently I'm discovering the the, the young me because I was I was a I was labeled the naughty child because I was so fun and I just wanted to do things that were fun right but that wasn't allowed because I was the child of a <clears throat> lady who left her child so as, as an Asian Bengali Muslim my grandma always often used to say oh um, your mom's left she's created this reputation for the family you must always look down so you've got you can't say speak out loud and I was loud gosh I was loud when I cried I would cry the whole village would hear me when I laughed the whole village would hear me but that was my way of expressing so I think that was taken away from me through the time and now I feel like I've come back to it what I love is that my kids and my husband love that I am the me I am mm. sometimes my daughter would say to me like are you my mom <laughs> so she loves it she loves it because she feels I feel I give her confidence yeah. So I think the only thing, you know, that for me, passionately, I believe the only thing you can be in this world is just be you. No one else. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Fully. Oh, 
that's Aww. beautiful and I think you know exactly it's that thing of like when we embrace ourselves fully then yeah. other people in our lives get to embrace that fully too and that's the that's the beauty of this is that you know when we embrace yeah. ourselves and listen to our own internal voices and our own and you know internal strength then all those people around us get to embrace that and love that too and it means a more deeper meaningful happy relationship which is just better for everybody yeah uh, exactly conscious it's called conscious relationship it's vital if you've not if you've not heard or read about it definitely read onto conscious relationship it's being accepting yourself for who you are and yeah Uh, and i have one further question for you very go ahead i'm loving loving this i actually i can stay on this call all day long (laughs) well okay right this is a big one okay oh dear (laughs) drum roll can people find you? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Nazma Khatun Coaching. Um, either place I hang around. I hang around. I don't know why I love Facebook more than IG, even though I get more contacts from IG. Um, it's funny, yeah, you can find me either way. Yeah, it's always funny, isn't it? There's always like one that you kind of choose or prefer slightly more yeah. in terms of interface. Like, yeah, I yeah. I really enjoy Instagram for some things, but Facebook for others and then Twitter for other things as well. Yeah, yeah. but it's interesting yeah. that you get more more contacts from Instagram and yet you, yeah. <laughs> yet you live more on Facebook. I love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm um, too old. I feel like I'm an old person. I'm too, I need to learn Instagram a bit more. <laughs> Is the hashtag just does my head in? I think Facebook just post and post. That's it. With IG, you got to do the hashtags. Oh, the hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Asma. It's been thank such you. a pleasure working I with you. Absolutely Canada. enjoyed thoroughly. I cannot believe it's been one hour. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's just yeah. so fun. Thank you so much. Uh, such a pleasure. And it's it's amazing how, how we just kind of met mm and jumps yeah. onto a call within minutes <laughs> and, exactly and it just kind of snowballed from there it's just yeah i see what the environment you guys created is incredible so i please don't ever stop oh. i would love to come back again and not just that i think this is something we need in this community i've not seen anything like it in the in you know and the way ryan and heather yourself you told me the other day how you've put all this work together to help people be be more visible it doesn't give you the pressure to feel like i need to be visible i absolutely loved it so thank you so much thank you that means so much that really does mean so much to us thank you oh um well i mean i couldn't say anything more especially at the uh, uh, after that i'm very much befuddled with words now Um, (laughs) but i would like to do one last thing which is something we talked about earlier it's our absolute wonderful affirmation so thank you to everybody who's been who's listening to this podcast today it's been such a pleasure um to feature nazma and to to hear her story thank you so much for joining us uh this has been the confidence through cabaret podcast my name is ryan my name is heather and And this is wonderful nasma oh sorry i need to say thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) but today it is and always your body your body your your body your your stage your stage thank you so much for joining us everybody (laughs) goodbye bye bye